How's it, everybody? My name is Avi, and welcome to Meet My Monsters! So, hi there, ho there, how's it, everybody? <laughs> I found a way to make it my own. Anyways, how are ya? Yay. Yes, I'm still going to do that at the end. <laughs> Anyways, howdy, howdy, hi, guys. Um, it's me, Abby, and I'm back here, back in the potty booth. Um, and I'm healthy. Hallelujah. So there's no snarfling and coughing and what, what. I realized, oh, my goodness, last week. <laughs> I'm so sorry, guys. But I just realized that I posted um, the water on the episode um, and I didn't edit out my coughs in the second half. And like I was listening, um, I was listening to it the next morning. I know I listened to my own podcast just to make sure that things like this don't happen. <laughs> and I, I, I kept hearing this cough and I was like, oh my goodness, what did I do? Why did I do that? <laughs> but anyways, um, yes to, you know, touching wood. That this won't happen this week, you know. I shouldn't be touching anything, apparently. But, yeah, so this week we've basically, we had an outbreak of COVID-19 quite severely here in South Africa. Um, not nearly as severely as Italy. Nearly as severely. That sounds nice. <laughs> but, yeah, so we, we have had um, the warning cases pop up and pop up more frequently than one would like. However... There's also been a mass outbreak of hysteria in our nation. So on Sunday evening, um, we were given a nationwide address by our president, who's called Cyril Ramaphosa, if you don't know that. Anyways, he stated that South Africa would be doing X, Y, Z in order to keep our country safe and functional, you know, during this really global chaos time. Guys, it's like we're living in a sci-fi episode, pretty much. You know, like, <laughs> the way that everyone is A, treating this, and B, the severity of the situation. The fact that we can't go out, I mean, it's it's quite bizarre to think about. But nonetheless, so a few of the things that Cyril mentioned in his address on Sunday um, was that we will be closing um, all of the large points of entry into the, into the country. So by that, he meant things like our airports and our harbors and whatever, just to stop imports and exports going on in the spread of the virus. And we also would be closing schools. So now either I don't speak Cyril Ramaphosa fluently, or, and I think I'm going to lean towards this one, people grossly misinterpreted what our president said and heard, go now and buy all the toilet paper. Yes. South Africa has latched onto the toilet paper phenomenon. <laughs> anyway, so on Monday, um, uh, I went to my local shopping center, you know, just to do normal people shopping. None of this panic hysteria shopping. You know, I did consider doing panic shopping, but I took a look at my bank account and apparently I can only afford to do the panicking part. So that's all good. So, you know, it was short-lived, but I did think about it. However, so I go to do my normal people shopping, what I can afford to do. And, <laughs> you know, little did I know that 
I would be smack bang in the middle of a sea of absolutely crazy people. It was literally, it was like a wave of just insane shoppers, like shopping like there's no tomorrow. That's how people are thinking, that there's no tomorrow. It's quite insane. But guys, I swear, Black Friday shopping has absolutely nothing on coronavirus shopping. (laughs) That's all I'm going to say. That's actually not all I'm going to say. I'm going to say quite a lot about this, the shopping experience of mine, because it was just so harrowing for me. I need to share it with you all. But yeah, so it was like absolute chaos. So um, one of the things that just totally perplexed me, like it really legitimately, it just left me befuddled, you know, is the amount of toilet paper that everybody had in their trolleys. I don't get it. So as far as, you know, um, the US and Australia and whatever go, I understand them. They don't make or manufacture their own toilet paper. So therefore, they need to buy it. They need to stock up. Because right now, we are going to reach a point where we we close borders and you can't import anymore. So for them, it's a legitimate concern. But in South Africa, guys, like, what is NAMPAC? What is NAMPAC for? (laughs) It's like we saw what was going on in the world and... Like, I don't know, we we didn't only do panic shopping, we've turned it into FOMO shopping now too. So that's apparently a thing. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, guys, I don't get it. But anyways, you know, people must do what they got to do. But yeah, so that's not even the worst part of this whole shopping experience. That's just like a side, a gentle, a gentle side note on what actually happened to me. But anyways, so amongst the droves and crowds and waves, of the mental toilet paper hungry lunatics. <laughs> My fracking slip slop decided to break in the middle of the shops, of these crazy, crazy shops. Anyway, so now I'm not one to brag. Um, and yes, I am repurposing this from one of my Instagram posts. However, I was a, <laughs> I was a, a germaphobe long before coronavirus like hit our shores here in South Africa. No jokes, guys. Okay, I'm not, like, obsessive, but I like to be clean, you know. I don't, mm, don't touch my stuff. I don't like that. And I don't, I, ooh, I hate sharing drinks. Ooh, I will with my friends and my close friends. I mean, like, um, if we're acquaintances, get your own bloody milkshake. But you know what I'm saying? So, uh, me and germs, we don't do too well. I just don't like feeling grimy. It is the worst feeling in the world for me. So anyways, my flip-flop breaks in the middle of this chaotic outbreak of shoppers everywhere. So anyways, um, now I'm busy walking through the shops with these hundreds of mental people surrounding me. I've got no shoe on one of my feet. It's definitely not ideal. Okay, I'm just, I'm, I'm not a happy camper right now. So if you know me at all, you know that... Being my grumpy self is the last person you want to be around. <laughs> Quite frankly, I'm not a dream. And I'm not afraid to admit that, guys. I know it. I know. But anyways. So anyways, I see my situation. I'm like, ah, what am I going to do? So I walk into Pick and Pay, which is one of our local shops here. <laughs> and I'm holding my tatty slip slop in the one hand, the one that broke. I'm shuffling along, guys. I looked hellishly pissed off like I looked I looked done with life I was finished 
So anyways, um, I swear I look like a crazy person. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm like shuffling around pick and pay with my one slop and just muttering to myself like... <laughs> kind of sounding like muttly. But um, anyway, so I'm, I'm wandering around. I'm looking disheveled as fuck, okay, as well. Because um, I wasn't feeling so great still at the beginning of this week. So I looked, <laughs> I looked like hell basically because I had a lack of care to put makeup on. I was just like, whatever, I'm going to the shops. That's all. So I've got no makeup on. I'm shuffling around, like looking like I can't actually move. Muttering to myself like a crazy loon. And carrying one shoe in one hand. <laughs> Let's just say, you know, it's not one of my, my proudest moments. Just to put it lightly. But anyways, so eventually I managed to find the, the slip stop aisle in Pick and Pay. And I grab a pair and it's all like a bish bash bosh. You know, I'm going to be out of there in a heartbeat now. I've got this. It took me 45 bloody minutes to buy a pair of slip slops and some bread. Come on. Like, that is not okay. <laughs> and this is all due to the like bloody Karens of the world who are out there loading their bloody you know, they're, they're trolleys full of all the toilet paper they can find. Come on. Like, that is not on. We don't need so much toilet paper. <laughs> Anyways, how's this, how's this going to be for my little segue, guys? So, if you want to avoid the trauma of real-life shopping, why not take things online? Meet My Monsters has finally launched a little merch store where you can pick up all of my designs. But I've just loaded the My Little Kelpie design right now, so you just hang on for the other designs to come. <laughs> Anyways, guys, you can find shirts, hoodies, mags, wall art cushions, um, travel mags, stickers, pins, phone cases, laptop cases, tote bags, and more. Can you believe it? Anyways, so if you want to find my Meet My Monsters merch, all you got to do is go to my website and click on the Buy Meet My Monsters merch tab. In the top in the menu section. And my, my website is meetmymonsters.com. Or you can visit my Facebook page and go to the shop there because everything's loaded there. Just a heads up. It is in your best interest to join my Facebook page. Because every time I load a new design, you guys will have 72 hours to buy it at a discounted price. So, um, yeah. Go forth and follow my Facebook page to get a heads up. So yeah, um, you'll be able to see what the new designs are and there'll be a link to the shop where you can buy everything. And anyways, so enough self-punting now. Let's get to why you oaks are actually here. It's time for you guys to meet this week's monster and I'm super, super stoked about this one. The shadows of the rivers and lochs of Scotland tend to have a romance few can resist. The mist clings to the waters ever so gently and light always finds the perfect spot to dance across. However, other alluring things have been known to wander the banks of these bodies of water. In fact, these beings are so common along the riversides of Scotland, there are few lochs, rivers or moors who do not have a story pertaining to them. Beautiful to the eye on the surface, however, 
only their victims will ever know how the ghoulish exterior that exists below the water's edge. This week, we will be talking about the madly kill... This week, we will be talking about the madly killer-crazed water horse known as the Kelpie. Yay, guys, another Scot in the house. This malevolent being has plagued Scotland for centuries, with the first documented recollections of the beast appearing in the 6th century. 6th. Oh, I hate saying that. 6th century. Anyways, as mentioned within the introduction, the majority of rivers, lochs, and moors, 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 found in Scotland, all have at least one Kelpie-inspired tale attributed to them. So that's quite something, guys. I mean, like, whoo, that's a good amount of sightings we've got of Kelpies in the great beyond. But, yeah, so let's get into it. So, as I've previously mentioned, the Kelpie is a water cryptid. However, unlike other river-dwelling beasties, it has no fins, nor gills, or webbed feet. It doesn't even have an abnormally long neck like its other famous Scottish Whoa! <laughs> like its other famous Scottish cryptid counterpart. Try saying that fast. Anyways. No. The Kelpie can be can best be described as a beautiful, strong and majestic steed. Yes, sir, Bob. The Kelpie generally takes its form in the shape of either a black or white horse. However, guys, from what I've read and what I've seen, it seems that the Kelpie the Kelpie prefers to appear black. Another interesting thing to note about the cryptid's appearance is that even when on land, the Kelpie's mane will always be dripping wet, as though it had just recently emerged from the water. So, when you initially see the Kelpie, you will think nothing more of it than it being a beautiful horse. However, when the creature enters into a pool of water, that is where the magic really happens. <laughs> Excuse my pun. You see, another notable thing about the Kelpie is that as soon as its tail touches the water, it emits a sound similar to the ominous crack of thunder. Then, things proceed to get even weirder as the creature submerges itself. It has been reported that once fully submerged, the Kelpie will wail a dying wail, similar to that of a drowning human. Uh, I'm not too sure what that sounds like. Like, <laughs> what does a dying drowning wail sound like? I hope I never have to know. But yeah, so that's that's the sound that this little water horse makes. Charming, isn't it? But yeah, so the Kelpie is rumored to have the strength of 10 horses and the stamina which seems to be unrelenting. However, the horse is just the tip of the iceberg in terms of the looks department of the Kelpie. But we'll get to that shortly. First, we need to explain how the Kelpie traps its victims. Isn't that just so exciting? It actually is exciting, guys, because the Kelpie is like one hell of a fiend. <laughs> so now it's been said that there are three reasons for the Kelpie's need to trap a human. Firstly, it seeks companionship. The second reason is a little bit darker, just like a, a schmuck sticking darker. Um, and the second reason is that the Kelpie wants to murder people. Pleasant little thought. Uh, and the third reason, however, takes the cake, because um, the third reason is that it seeks a combination of both companionship and murder. So it wants its cake and to eat it too. 
However, as you can imagine, it's not too easy for a horse to grab a person. Just think about it. So how does this beautiful murder pony do it? Well, this is where things get kind of trippy. And I'm super excited to share that with you. So it's reported or reported is not reported. I mean, like it's known. It's just Kelpie fact. Kelpie's a horse and this is another Kelpie fact. The Kelpie's skin is said to contain some horrifically splendid magic properties. For as soon as you make contact with any part of the horse, your skin will become fused to its yee. You get stuck on that horse, like all up in there. So often, people have recalled being tempted to touch the horse by a distant voice that they hear in their heads. So kind of like just a pusher in, in your head, a thought, a very, very prominent thought just telling you, go touch the horse, you want to touch the Kelpie. Many people are driven with a deep urge to ride the steed as well. However, as soon as you sit on it and you fuse your bum to the Kelpie, it's curtains, bro. <laughs> Like, bah, bah, Felicia, done. So it's been reported that the Kelpie favors appearing to children in its horse form. It will only appear to adults as a horse when they are either weary or lame travelers. So, yeah, so if they're weary travelers or if they're um, unable to walk or something like that. So often it has been said that a Kelpie will appear when a traveler is weary to cross a river. The sight of the horse is too enticing to pass up, so they gladly <laughs> they gladly hunt the steed. They mount the steed. However, once upon the horse, the kelpie, instead of crossing the shallows, immediately runs towards the deeper section of the body of water. There, the victim will be drowned upon its back. In some accounts, it is said that the kelpie will then devour all but the entrails of its victim. Or victims, I mean, Kelpies have been known to kill in bulk. Anyways, it will then spit the entrails of the deceased back onto the shore for their bereaved families to find. You. <laughs> so similar to our water aunties last week, the Kelpie is a bit of a dick, guys. Anyways, other accounts of the Kelpie victims... Oh, sorry, guys. For anyone who hasn't listened, I keep referring to water aunties. I'm talking about the mermaids of South Africa, if you haven't listened to last week's episode. So... Uh, oh, there I am. Other accounts of the Kelpie victims um, merely state that the person was never to be seen again. So either you're going to find their entrails, yum yum, or you're just never going to see the person. Few people have been known to actually survive the Kelpie encounters. However, it is possible. But I'm getting ahead of myself now. Remember I mentioned that the Kelpie enjoys appearing to children in its horse form. That's important. Yes, my friend. This beastie is actually a shapeshifter. One of the most notable magic abilities of the Kelpie is its ability to shapeshift. And one of its preferred forms to take is none other than the human. Now there are three notable human forms of the Kelpie. So if you see a person who fits any one of these three descriptions, standing by a body of water, your best bet is to be hella rude 
and just give them a wide berth while you like piece the fuck out of there. <laughs> like just walk around, man. Walk around for your safety. So the first um, human facade that we're going to be talking about is the suave mister, that dapper guy. First and foremost, we have the dapper gent. I've read different accounts of the Kelpie's humanoid appearances, and some say that it really appears as a woman. However, others say it's a toss-up, you know, much of a muchness between both girl and boy, male and female. However, a notable adaptation of the Kelpie is the suave gentleman. This is the one that I could find the most, like, beef on. Apparently, the Kelpie gets the dream bow on point. You know the description, tall, dark, and handsome? Well, that's the approach that the Kelpie sees fit to take when embodying a man. Well, this man. We'll get to the other man in a second. Anyways, the only way a woman can tell that the man is a Kelpie is from the matted seaweed entangled in his hair. Okay, now I'm just putting some emphasis on this because that is not suave to me. <laughs> if I had to see, I don't know, if I had to go on a date with someone and he had matching seaweed in his hair, I'd be like, nah, brah, go, just go home. There's a brush and a mirror and a what-what and you missed a bit, you know. No, guys, <laughs> that, that doesn't appeal to me. But uh, I don't know, maybe that gets the Scottish lasses going. So, the young, lordly-looking man will wait for an innocent woman along the banks of a loch or river and will relentlessly flatter the maiden. The aim of the game here is for the Kelpie to ensnare the young lass into an unbreakable bond of mad infatuation. However, this isn't achieved through dashing good looks and dapper appearance alone. When in the throes of flirting, the Kelpie will purposefully shed a single tear and the Oscar of the year goes to. <laughs> so as the tear rolls down um, the Kelpie man's cheek, he will ask the maiden to wipe the tear away. As soon as she touches the Kelpie's tear, an almost, an almost unbreakable bond is formed between the pair. However, the young maiden can break free from this bewitching spell. You see... The Kelpie can only remain in human form whilst the sun is up. So this is similar to mermaids in some accounts. When the sun sets, it's over Cadovers for that guy. He's got to tailor it, tailor it to a water body. Otherwise, he's going to die. So yeah, so as soon as the sun sets, the Kelpie needs to be back in the water as it will change into a horse once more. Now it's imperative for the Kelpie to keep this transformation secret from his beloved because if the girl sees the Kelpie in its horse form, the attraction will instantly be broken. And she will be set free from the horrible mad love spell. So this account of the Kelpie suggests that the cryptid actually seeks companion companionship. Goodness me. However, the other two human forms are not so kind. Next up, we've got, um, where am I? Oh, the next human form the Kelpie does or doesn't frequent, who knows, apparently not even the Scottish do, is that of a beautiful maiden. Now, the stunning woman is known to bathe naked in the shallows, playfully frolicking in the waters. 
she entices unsuspecting young men to join her for her swim. Now, as soon as they do, she begins to draw them nearer to her, ever luring them deeper into the water. Then, when things start getting physical, physical, and the young man thinks he's getting lucky, he has no idea how unlucky he's about to become. So, suddenly, the sweet siren will drag the unsuspecting testosterone-fueled man under the waters, drowning him. And then, I don't know, I didn't find much on what happens after that, but I'm assuming she will transform back into a horse and eat him and spit out his innards. <laughs> Lovely. So, the third human form that the Kelpie is known to take is not a non-binary, it's another man. <laughs> so, this is possibly the most disturbing human form that the Kelpie adopts, well, according to me anyways. But, um... The hairy man is just a ghastly sight. So he appears as a stocky, thick-set, naked, hairy person. <laughs> now this brute will just jump out at unsuspecting travelers. So you'll be just minding your own business, toddling along. And then out of nowhere, this thick-set, hairy, naked person will jump at you and grab you. Um, this humanoid Kelpie has no preference. You can be a he, she, it, they, it, don't care. It's going to grab you. He will, um, so as soon as he does, as soon as he jumps out from behind whatever rock he's hiding underneath, he will quickly scoop them up into his powerful arms and crush them, squeezing the last breaths of life from their bodies. Apparently, this Kelpie has no time for enticement or niceties. So it just, it just, it's got to kill. So yeah, that's, those are the human forms that the Kelpie is known to shapeshift into. So, as mentioned, the Kelpie isn't just a wet horse with a taste for human flesh. No, no. This beastie is actually riddled with magic, and not necessarily the good, the good kind. So, Kelpies are said to have various magical talents in the waters. For example, it's known that Kelpies can run on the surface of water. That is, until they choose to sink. So... This is helpful when they're tricking humans who may be riding on their backs because the human is led um, into a lull of false safety before suddenly sinking into a watery grave. Just imagine that. You're just running happy, 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 and then out of nowhere, bah! <laughs> Game over. The next power known to be possessed by a Kelpie is a little more brutish. So a Kelpie is said to be able to control the tides of any body of water. They can create waves so powerful that they will wash unsuspecting humans into the deep, drowning them as they do so. Finally, as previously mentioned, the most notable form of magic practiced by the Kelpie is shapeshifting. So now that we know a little bit about this magic water pony, let us get into one of the most famous tales of the Kelpie. So, one of the most notable stories of the Kelpie is both a victory and a tragedy. So, it's all rolled into one. One day, a Kelpie came across a group of ten young boys, all the sons of notable elders and chieftains of the village. The Kelpie, appearing to them in horse form, enticed the youths to climb upon its back. Yes, ladies and gents, one horsey could carry ten children. So this must have been one hell of a horse. 
So all but one boy gladly mounted the horse. However, one boy, the eldest of the ten, was wary of the strange beast. The Kelpie, he was not relenting on, you know, not getting his ten, began to chase the boy and, after some time, managed to gain his trust. The boy gently reached his hand towards the Kelpie and the horse quickly pushed its muzzle into the boy's outstretched fingers. Suddenly, the boy was fused to the horse's skin. With that, the Kelpie took off, racing towards the waters. As it ran into the water, the boy began to saw through his fused fingers with a knife from his pocket. Just reading that gives me the grills, guys. So, if you're not South African, a grill is like goosebumps. It's just like, ugh. <laughs> like cutting through your own fingers. Oh, my word. Anyways, although, although in immense amounts of pain, yeah, think, the youth continued until he was at last set free. The Kelpie cut its losses, finally, and continued into the deeps of the water with the other children still on its back. And this is where things get just freaky. So the, the boy that was left behind reco- um, recalls that as the Kelpie sank into the water, the other children were squealing with delight. So it seems that they were absolutely just entranced by this Kelpie and unaware that they were about to die. So the Kelpie seems pretty grim right about now. However, there is like a silver lining because you can trap a Kelpie, believe it or not. Like, would you have ever thought? Anyways, some Kelpies appear with a saddle and a bridle. Now it is said that if you manage to grab and control the bridle of a Kelpie, you will harness control over that beast and all Kelpies alike. It's rumoured that the McGregor clan of Scotland are still in possession of a Kelpie bridle. If they are, I would love to see that. Quite honestly, I'm just absolutely taken aback by that. So anyways, that's in horsey form. Um, If you are on a date with a guy (laughs) with seaweed in his hair and you suspect he's a Kelpie, you can also detain him by wrapping him in chains. You know, just pull them out of your purse. There you go. So the captured Kelpie is a notorious... Let me try that again. (laughs) The capture of Kelpies is notorious in Scottish folklore. Many a castle has been attributed to the brute force of a Kelpie. One such famous castle is the House of Murphy. However, Kelpie masters, ye be warned. It is said that if you use the power of a Kelpie to do your bidding you and every seat of your clan thereafter will be cursed. So is it worth it? One Kelpie for a lifetime and multiple lifetimes of misery? I don't know. Anyway, so if you don't want to own a Kelpie, you know, if if you're not in the market, you can actually kill a Kelpie as well. So if you somehow don't manage to grab the bridle of the demon horse, fear not, you can actually kill a Kelpie too. However, I've only found two ways to do so. So if you don't have a silver bullet or a knife, you shit out of luck, bro. (laughs) In one account, a Kelpie was murdered by a man who stabbed the beast. There's very little to this story that I could find. Don't know if he stabbed it in the head, the neck, the leg, I don't know. 
but he stabbed the Kalpi and the Kalpi pegged the end. In other accounts, it is rumored that a Kalpi can only be killed with a shot of a, sing um, a single bullet. Yes, then you've got to be a hell of a marksman. The shot of a silver bullet. So very, very werewolfy. When a Kalpi dies, it is rumored that the body transforms into a blob of goop. Yummo. <laughs> so so it's, it's similar to a jellyfish when it's dead. Which is kind of sad. Shame poor Kelpie. But yeah, anyways, apparently I'm not the only person who feels for the Kelpie. Because there is a huge statue attributed to them in Falkirk in Scotland. But yeah. So initially when I heard of the Kelpie statue in Falkirk, I thought it would be a bit weird to dedicate a 30 foot tall statue to two horse heads of a malevolent devil horse. You know, that's plagued the Scottish people for centuries. But what do I know? I'm not Scottish. Anyways, according to the artist behind the whole endeavor, a gent by the name of Andy Scott, the original concept of the mythical water horse was a valid starting point for the artistic development of the structures. He also noted that he took the concept and moved with it toward a more equine and contemporary response shifting from a mythological reference towards a socio-history monument intended to celebrate the horse's role in industry and agriculture, as well as the obvious association with the canals as tow horses. Super obvious, bro. <laughs> I'm guessing that it's obvious to you if you're a Scot, but, you know, we don't really have that many tow horses here in South Africa. <laughs> However, for me, it is interesting to see how the Kelpie kind of like did a full circle and has been celebrated and steered away from being malignant, you know, a malignant being of the past. Um, and it's kind of done a, a, a 360, like I said, into being celebrated and seen as like a tow horse and something that helped the Scottish economy and, you know, the workforce and everything. So, yeah. Another thing I must say about them is that they're just bloody magnificent. Like, if you haven't seen the Kelpies, m you must definitely give it a Google. Like, that is one of my bucket list things. Obviously, I want to go to Scotland. I mean, come on. My favorite beastie lives there. But, yeah, while I'm there, not hunting for my, my friend, I, I will definitely go check out the, the statue there in Falkirk. Okay, so, guys, I know that this week is dedicated to the fairy tale slot, the fairies of the world. Um, so is the, is the Kelpie a fairy? <laughs> Who knows? In some accounts that I've found, the Kelpie has been described as a fairy. Um, so obviously when I was making my list of monsters that I want to do, I just looked for fairies and I saw Kelpie and I was like, ah, that's cool. So yeah, anyways. In some accounts, it's a fairy. In other accounts, it's described as a demonic evil. The end of the world is nigh kind of being. However, some accounts, so it be, um, some accounts say that it's a fairy are good enough for me. <laughs> and personally, between you, me, and the wall, I don't mind a weird de uh, demonic pony being deemed as a fairy. Evidently, fairies are just pretty much pure evil based on the last one we covered. For all of you who haven't listened, it was the red cap. Another Scot 
But if you don't know that, shame on you. Like, boo, you whore. Go listen to it now. <laughs> um, so now we get to that fascinating time of what does Abby think the monster is? So if it's not a fairy, then what is the Kelpie? <laughs> um, this is a tough one, guys. I will tell you that much. Anyways, a common belief is that the Kelpie was nothing more than a widespread cautionary tale for young and old alike. People believe the tale of the Kelpie was told to children to keep them from playing near deep waters. So similar to the Njuzu and um, Water Auntie of South Africa, the mermaid of South Africa. Um, but in the same right, young women were warned against the advances of lewd forward gentlemen. Could there be a murderous pony on the loose with a skin that like kind of sticks to you? I don't know, you know. Um, but, you know, the skin is an interesting fact because it wouldn't be the first animal fusion to be documented. Yes, I'm being for rizzle my nizzle in the hip hoppity hizzle. Um, in the depths of the ocean lives one of the most gruesome looking fish imaginable. If you're ready for a good nightmare, go and Google this ugly bastard. Um, so there are 300 different variants of the anglerfish species. Yeah, so that's the fish you must go Google. But guys, <laughs> this thing is just this. Ooh, this guy is demonic looking. Mm. I would much rather be drowned by sticking to a kelpie then even have this fish bite my foot because it just no oh it's giving me creeps again i need to put my feet up on my chair anyways so the anglerfish is said to live in the deepest chasms of the oceans as well as shallow shallower waters near beachfronts anyways the anglerfish is known for its bizarre mating rituals funny i only knew it because it glows in the dark and it looks like a demon but yeah so, <laughs> one of the most notable things about the anglerfish is um, their weird-ass mating. So, you see, they take the whole, he's my other half, to a whole new level. To quote the guys from Wired, Boy meets girl, boy bites girl, boy's mouth fuses to girl's body. Boy lives the rest of his life attached to the girl, sharing her blood and supplying her with sperm. Ah, a tale as old as time. <laughs> yes. So that describes the anglerfish's um, mating to you. And it's gross as fuck. But anyways, um, the anglerfish species have one mate for the rest of their lives. And they are literally bound in an unholy matrimony as long as they both shall live. Legit. So the fusion between the male and female is um, created by a certain enzyme that is released by the male fish, which causes the skin of his mouth to literally digest with the skin of the female's body. So it's not like he just bites her and then that's done. He legitimately fuses to, the male fish fuses to the female fish. If you don't believe me, Google the anglerfish, not just for nightmares, but look for the like dongly looking things on the female. That's, that's urgent. <laughs> that's disgusting. Uh, like they fuse to a point. Oh, guys, it is so gnarly. But anyways, they fuse to a point where the male's eyes 
become null and void. So they kind of, I don't know, I can't remember what the term is, but his eyes and his fins just kind of lose points. So he just becomes a parasite on his wife. <laughs> Which <laughs> it's nasty. So anyways, um, yeah, so perhaps the kalpi is just a bigger, more grotesque anglerfish, you know, whose skin produces the same enzyme. Um, it has been said that sometimes people have viewed the kelpie's teeth to be abnormally long and sharp. And if you haven't already Googled that fish, do it and you will understand why the long and sharp teeth make sense. So while I do struggle to believe that a murderous magical water horse exists, there are a few things that lend towards its story. If it is a cryptid, it has no prejudice as to who it kills. From the lame and the weary to the bold strapping men to damsels in distress to unsuspecting children, literally no one is safe around a Kelpie. And this, in my opinion, is a point in its existence's favor. Favor. <laughs> favor. Favor. Anyway, so as far as I believe, a predator is a predator is a predator. You know, they're going to punch you if you're a man, a woman, if you're a kid, if you're black, white, pink, purple, who cares? They don't. If they if they're hungry, they're gonna hunt you. So another thing that the that's in the Kelpie's favor are the amounts of stories surrounding the beast. Now I understand that a tale could be widely spread as folklore and adapted to, you know, the area. So this one who hears the tale of the Kelpie from the McGregors and then he spreads his tale of the Kelpie from his little loch near his house to like scare his kids. But, you know, there are a lot of Kelpie tales. Like, a lot. So that's just another thing to keep in mind. The thing that kind of loses me with the Kelpie is um, its magical attributes. So, according to me, perhaps there was a predatory horse. You know, who knows. Maybe there was. That um, was eventually hunted out by the early clans. There are far too many tales of the Kelpie to not be believed. So, do I believe it's a cryptid? Yes. You could have been. Yes. Um, do I think it's magic? No. I think those are the stories in Hokums. Um, but yeah, just the amount of stories that support the Kelpie. Like I always say, guys, where there's smoke, there's a fire. But anyways... So, yeah, thanks for doing the Kelpie ride with me. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> hopefully we haven't done the Kelpie ride. You know, we're still very much on land and not in the deeps on the back of a weird horse. But, yeah, guys, um, if you want to stay close and catch up with me during the week, follow me on Instagram. Uh, that is meet underscore my underscore monsters. On there, you'll be able to see all of my designs of my little cryptids and what I think they look like. And... I must say, I'm not trying to toot my own horn here, but the Kelpie is by far my favorite. Like, I was very much inspired by a childhood favorite of mine. And to this day, um, I just keep thinking of, my little Kelpie, my little Kelpie. <laughs> and if you don't get that reference, I'm sorry, I can't help you. But yeah, so that's Instagram. Um, catch me on Twitter, which is Meat Monsters, because I was so excited I forgot to type my... 
Um, go hang out on Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash podcast. Drop me a Gmail if you want to get in touch. Um, and that is meetmymonsterspoddy, P-O-D-D-Y, at gmail.com. Or just go check out my website. That's www.meetmymonsters.com. Also, you can find me on most of the main um, potty apps out there. If you can't, drop me a line of where you'd like to listen to me on. And I will do my best to connect. But apart from that, everybody, I hope you have a fantastic week. And until next time, bye!